Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's up? What's up? Great commercial. You used to love that commercial. Um, I'm a little tired because uh, I did shows last night. We have a show tonight. We do have a show tonight. I'm I'm glad that you were also tired. I did a show last night and was up past what my normal bedtime is. What? Where was your show? The Comedy Store. And you were up till wait till when? I was up until. Midnight, which is brutally late for me. Yeah, you texted me at like 8 a.m. and you're like, still on for today? Am I annoyingly well, punctual? Even though I well, showed up 10 minutes later. I would never ever be... No, I like that you're punctual. I would never be up at that time, but I had a uh, radio interview. Now, was this to promote something? Yeah. What I, are you promoting, Jamie Kennedy? Weekend. And uh, I'm going to mic drop in Chandler this weekend. Are you going to start the show dropping the mic? Drop that mic. You know it. It's awesome. You know Mike Drop San no. Diego? I love the name, though. It's something different oh, than yeah. Chuckle Hut. You got you got to go. You'll love it there. That's fun. You going to drive down? Fly. Oh, yeah. It's a good drive. I've done it. Mm. But I would never be up at 8 o'clock, and you were like, bing, bing. So are you, how are you like that? I have just recently become that. I'm, I'm usually up at, I wake up at 5 a.m. For what? I I used to be of of a night owl. I am naturally a night owl. I think that's sort of yeah, like how we all are as comedians. Definitely. But I found moving to LA out of New York. I was in New York for a decade and coming to LA, I want to be up earlier. And so I just challenged myself more and more to get up earlier and earlier and earlier. Now some mornings I'll wake up at 5 but I'll stay in bed for a couple hours. You want to attack Today. I want to attack the motherfucking day. Can I swear? Whatever you want. It's I'm, better, easier to ask for forgiveness. Is that the? No, it's, um, yeah, ask for forgiveness. No. Don't ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness. Right. Do you forgive me for swearing? Um, not only do I forgive you, I never thought you sinned. Thank you. I, we're at a time right now where YouTube is so draconian. I'm probably in trouble for saying this. That I'm getting like all types of like, yo, take this out, take this out. So they don't even like cursing now. So I'll just bleep it. it now, is that something that is actually being policed by people or are those bots that are just. I believe it's AI. AI. And a little inside baseball. My, my YouTube channel is like being massively suppressed. And I'm not just saying that. Like I'm not surprised. Thing. I am not surprised. It's because, you know, you're speaking. Oh, shit. There goes. Oh, God. There no, goes an right. award. You're all right. <laughs> There's an award. It's okay. What it's did a, I almost it knock? Was, was, Hold on. It was a, uh, uh-oh. The, <laughs> what did you draw? This is why you're being silenced, because you are the ultimate weapon. Wow. That was from the USO tour. I was in Baghdad, sleeping in Saddam's palace, and you almost broke it. I almost broke it. It survived Saddam, but I bet not Saddam's, Jesse May. <laughs> Saddam's soul would would would, would come bleed out Look if at I you. broke it. You got a little hot. You took the leather off. You I can pop it I on took, the ground. I took the leather off. I'm scared I, you're going to hit that now. I, oh, God. You love to move the mic. It has to be a little tight. There's a few things I have to okay. do. But it's like, Let's I want right to here. invite people. No, you got like this. Pull it up to you. Okay. Wait. It was perfect. It was perfect. What did you do? There you go. I won't touch it. There you go. Fuck. And I'm going to get it working. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm not an I'm not a morning person. No, you were talking about 
your your page is starting to get pinged. Yes. And it's because you're you're talking openly about life and questioning things. Apparently somewhere along the line, curiosity became a sin. Well, I believe that comedy is more important than ever. I believe that music used to be like fuck the man, but now it's us. I and- believe podcasts are more important than ever. I believe that I'm an actor and a comedian, but right now I love comedy more. I love acting, but comedy is really questioning things. And, like, this is where we go for people we trust, I believe. People come to our shows and they're, like, A, escaping, or B, getting, like, truth that people are scared to say. I agree. And it's it's an important place to carve out to also keep it somewhat... Away from censorship. Not even somewhat. There's got to be a place where idiots can get up and talk. <laughs> yeah. You and, know? But, but yeah, but also that's why we can say darker stuff because they, they do think that. You know what I mean? Like I had a guy last night say, man, you're such a clown. And he had such a good time. And the guy after me was like, man, way to slip those truths in there. You know, it's like if you give somebody broccoli, what do they do for kids? They put a little... Cheese on it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to cover up the broccoli. Exactly. So but underneath, what, there's always fucking broccoli. Exactly. That's what I think our job is. And it's also hard to find comedians who aren't afraid anymore. Don't you think so? Or do you think that people are going more to the truth side? Comic-wise? Comic-wise. I feel like there's a lot of placating happening. Maybe it's always think, been a thing. I think that there's definitely that, but I definitely think there's comics that are out there pushing hard and to tell. But I, you, well, that's very sweet of you. You do. I try. I try to make it funny. Well, you're honest. You're authentic. I can say that. I I believe that. Oh, thank you. And that's I guess that's the point I'm making is finding that sort of authenticity is rare. And I think, you know, you look at comedians like. Joan Rivers. I really would love to hear what she'd have to say about everything. She would be the realist. She'd be the realist. Yeah. Her and Carlin would be the realist. hundred percent. I always say people are like, who are your heroes? I'm like, Eddie, Rodney, um, Carlin, Joan. Joan is she, one of my heroes. Joan just... She and, was a truth teller. She was a truth teller in an equal opportunity truth teller. Yes. No one was safe. And there's no woman or... There was nothing. She was just a comedian. Like, I, I guess she was a woman, but I don't look at her like that. I just look at her as another amazing comedian. That's interesting. Yeah, the gender of it. Because she didn't really bring it into the the, the zeitgeist of her material too much. No. It was, it was just about being funny. Yes, and she went after everyone. She went after everyone, and everyone laughed. And she also had the gaze in her pocket. Yeah. Which is uh, an interesting, and I think very telling audience to have. And the gays are usually in the back pocket. Aww. Daddy. Um, wait, so, yeah, I mean, she's incredible, you know, and she was really, she did go after everyone. I miss her voice. Yeah. I do. I miss that just unapologetic and ruthlessness. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you're saying is, before I even get into what I was going to talk to you about, I like it that you interviewing me, is that I think that, like, last night's a great example. Like, I played a club. It was an off night. I sold a lot of tickets, sold merch. People came out. So I think we're able now to build our audience. I think social media is really, as long as we don't get dinged, you know what I mean? It's a way people to find your voice and, and follow you. So it's empowering that way. Because, you know, acting, TV, and all that stuff is amazing. But a lot of times it's like we got to put our palm out and hope, right? Yep. And so comedy is an awesome that way. But people want to consume it more. Like people, a lot of people are out on a Wednesday. And I just find that people either want to laugh or want to think. I agree. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people are very lost right now. Yeah. Very much. People are very, very lost. And I had this thought today when I was just drinking coffee and reading that I think people are more now than ever stripped from their essence. I think 
the way society has evolved to this point in, in, in time, we are so much a victim of our, of our devices and of social media that we're no longer doing things that we actually truly enjoy. So you mean like we look at our phone and it almost traps us? I think it prevents us from getting out of the house and doing things that we enjoy. It prevents us from tapping into that ever omnipresent child inside of us. And because mm. of that, we detach from our essence. You know, people lead with either their image or their essence. I learned that from this a therapist of mine, Brett Cost, and he says that you're either leading with your image or your essence. Shout out, Brett. Shout out, Breck. Um, Breck. Breck, yeah. Your image is who you want to portray and project out to the world, and your essence is who you actually are. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all an image right now, most of us, and I think that's why people are so lost. That's really, that's really, so yeah, you're literally, you're correct. You are, that's so correct because people, that's all they care about is their image online. That's all they care about, and yeah. it's not real. No. None of that shit is real. No. None of it. It's all bullshit. And it has nothing to do with what actually matters in life. Getting outside and and just walking down the block mm-hmm. can connect you more than being on social media that is the connection of our modern society. Mm-hmm. Just walking down the block and actually having a conversation with one neighbor, I think, can connect you more than having 10 DMs on Instagram. Do you find yourself doing that? No. I've <laughs> really tried to. I find myself talking to people more. In in real life? Yeah. Like, I do feel like that. Like, you say that, and I do feel it makes me feel more fulfilled. That's nice. Now, I would think, because of your career, that people just come right up to you. Yes. I'm the type of fame where I consider myself everybody's neighbor. <laughs> Pete, like, here's an example. I was, uh, <laughs> back in the day, I was, uh, I was at Comic-Con. It was about 10 years ago, I think. And, um... I was in an elevator and I was with my publicist and a, a girl I was dating and uh, Colin Farrell gets in and Colin Farrell, he was like, you know, doing a lot of press. He's like, oh, that fucking reporter. I'm trying to do his accent. <laughs> That's pretty he, good. <laughs> he was like, oh, I did to tell you the questions were shite. Oh, you did to tell you. And he was like, Pff. and like <laughs> the chick I was with and even my publicist, they were like. Colin Farrell. I'm like, you're in the business, fool. Like, I just did a panel where, and literally people got off and they're like, Colin Farrell. And he was like, tell you, tell He was all mad about something. Just fucking reporter. And and I'm not like that. People, I mean, some people like that, but people are like, hey, Jamie. What's up, Jamie? I'm like, I consider myself like I'm a hot chick at the Trader Joe's in Woodland Hills. Fair. That's where I get, I have that level of fame, that amount, a level of botherance. Like, people either say, hey, what's up? Tell me what vegetable to buy. Or, <laughs> you know, hey, try the hothouse. It's that cucumber, they wrap it, that's real. <laughs> or, uh, or just kind of linger. That's weird. Yeah. So that's my, it's not like crazy. It's, I mean, everyone kind of knows me, but it's not crazy. Do you say you would, uh, would you say you get noticed every day? Definitely. And is it something you enjoy? Uh, yes. A hundred percent. Because, By the way, this is not how this interview is going to go, but I like it. I'm just going to go with it. Um, I'm curious because we, we haven't spent... I'm I know. treating this like getting to this know you. Good. I'll let you take over. No, no, no. Don't. I like it. Um, <laughs> I'm genuinely curious. Do I love it? I, of course I love it. Here's what I don't love. I don't love... That I can't be a human. Meaning, the threshold for forgiveness for me is a lot lower than it is for someone else. So that means that if I go to trade, let's just say, like, here's an example. After I do a show, I'm wrecked. You know, I've been doing like an hour, an hour, ten. Let's say you do two shows. I come off and do a meet and greet. And I'm blessed. You know, people are lining up more and more. 
I'm going to get a couple of drunk Karens in the line. Usually it is. They were way before a Karen was ever a thing. You talk to comedies, comedians, okay? we call I call them the triple dubs, white wine warriors. It's just women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Triple dubs. Mid-40s who work in, who work in accounts receivable. Their favorite phrase is, I was helping. Yeah. So, and the great <laughs> thing is they do it to her too, Okay. So it's not just me. So those out of all the people, and I do shows for gang members, criminals, tech heads, the most entitled are those women. They're the ones who interrupt and heckle the most. I will agree. And after a show, they'll grab you. They'll yes. pull on you. And one, I'm not too long ago, a woman pulled me and I like fell a little bit. And I was like, ah. And she got right in there. And I'm like, yo, lady, what, what the fuck? Like, just stand there. And she's like, oh, Mr. Too Cool for School. Like all that shit. So there are times when I just don't have the patience. And I'm just like, lady, just fucking, do you want to do the picture or not? Like, it's no big deal. And she's like, you're rude. And I'm like, okay. And you're drunk and you have a life issue. Like, I say this shit to them. So, and then, like, I'll get feedback and it won't be positive. So I think the the only problem I have with fame is, is that if I am not 100% perfect in people's eyes who are insecure, I'm a piece of shit. And even when I am, people still make up shit about me anyway. Wow. So, but the difference between me and I believe a lot of people is I will bite back because I don't have anything to hide. Like, I believe I'm I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not. So, to me, when people say shit, I mean, if it's worth the battle... You have to fight back because people people can just say anything about anything because I'm not. I consider myself bounce fabric softener or, or snuggle. You know what I mean? Like I'm on the shelf. You know me. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's cold. It does its job. But you can people can just say whatever you want. And unfortunately, society just goes, ooh, it was said. So it's true. That's right. There's no accountability. There's no due diligence. If it's there, it's true. It's a fact. Doesn't matter how ridiculous or outlandish it is. It's a fact. Yeah, and that's that's why what you were going with earlier about how some comedians are scared and stuff. And I get that because they don't want to fuck up their bag, meaning their money. But to me, I'm lucky. I've made enough money. I always want to make more money, but I'm good. And also, I believe that the audience that I curate will always hang with me unless I'm like a monster, which I'm not. Do you know what I mean? So I believe that I'll always be able to have an audience. Yeah. But, but like, will I always be able to be on ABC? No, <laughs> which is crazy. But I mean, it'll t- turn again. And, but no, I mean, that's the way it is right now. Yeah. Because people are, they're just pussies. Like, it's just like, they go to, co- like, think about it. Like, now you got me ranting. So there is a, a show I have with another guy who's a famous guy, and he's a successful actor, producer. Who? Uh, Give know. me the receipts. <laughs> I'll tell you off camera because I don't want to blow up the thing right now. But we're pitching a show. It's a simple show. And um, out of 10 networks we've targeted, four have already passed just to hear the pitch. Four. Now, I've had seven shows on the air in different capacities. He's had about five. And they don't even want to hear the pitch. What? I know. And it's gone out with the top agency in town. So I'm like. What is going on? Yeah. Well, either people don't like me or him, but he's bulletproof too. So it's in his own way. So it's just to me, it's like, what are the mandates? What are we looking for? Why? You know what I'm saying? So you got all these college educated people that don't want to look insecure. People are not secure. All these people don't want to look bad in front of their friends. So you've got all these people, you know, tortoise shell glasses, thinking they're cooler than school. You know, it's like they're writers in comedy, which I love writers. Like, they're great writers in comedy. But to me, they're not the typical comedians Mm-mm. who are performers. I'm much more of a performer. I'm the, the comedy is two things. It's the shell and it's the egg. I'm the egg that runs all over the place and I'll taste good. But you don't know if it's going to be an omelet, if it's going to be scrambled, if there's going to be shells in it. But there's going to be great moments. Writers of the shell that are like, everything's got to be perfect, and with the dot, and here's my punchline, and I never want to look uncool. Well, that's what comedy is. Comedy is insanity, and yes. you have to look ugly, uncool at times. Yes. 
And so I feel like those people want to keep it together. And that's what's going on in our world right now. Like, well, it's not me. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And it's all this bullshit that turns into group speak and group think. And like, there's no, like people are scared to be alone. It's okay. If people don't like you, that you, they never liked you anyway. Right. And that's a big thing that's permeating our business and our world. And, and people are afraid to even take risks. Risks Fuck used to yeah. be the appeal. Now it's the the deterrent for any network or buyers or anything like that. A hundred percent. Is it safe? Everything has to be safe now. Yes. And last time I checked, that doesn't help anybody. No. That's why you have to make everything independent. And then it, it's like Seinfeld was made completely on a lark over here. If you read all about it, it was only four episodes and it just became this thing because no one bothered it. My show, The Experiment, was kind of made on the left field and they didn't know what it was and it was a test tape and then it people loved it. You know, once it started going, they didn't mess with it as much because it, they didn't know what it was. How is how is something like South Park and Family Guy, are they able to circumvent the, everything that's going on in culture? About a billion dollars. I love it. I, 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 yes. I, I, I don't want it to go anywhere. And I think it's also, this is a big thing that everyone says. It's the cartoon. Is it the... Uh, the it's because, because it's, it's animated. animated. So it's like you could say the most vile, intense <laughs> shit or envelope pushing shit, but a cartoon said it. Yeah, it's a cute... It's yes. a baby. Yes. It's just a talking baby. Exactly. It's a talking poo, you know? <laughs> it's, a, it's a talking piece of shit. Yeah, literally. <laughs> And it's, but it's brilliant. They're both brilliant. brilliant and amazing. And it's like, thank God for them. But like, if humans were saying that, I don't know if they'd let it on right now. We're so fucking. I know. We're gone. I know. Bring on the six, the six extinction. Bring we're, on whatever creature's going to be evolved from us. Like Prometheus. Let's do it. Oh, is that the plot of that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler alert. Don't tell so me. good. Did you ever see it? Oh, it's so I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm a sucker for those, for sci-fi and anything alike. Let me ask you a couple of questions. That's <laughs> why so I just sat here like, okay, you can go Because you're so, <laughs> you're so deep. I am very deep. Which, you know, I don't know if people get that right away. They, they don't realize how deep you are. It probably happens with me too, you know, but as I get older and I'm on my social media, they do. But you're very deep, which I love. So when did you start? Getting deep. Getting deep. <laughs> Getting deep with it. When did you start comedy? Oh, God. I was like, uh, I was 19. Really? Yeah, I was a baby. I was, so like, I'm 40 you've now. You've been doing it for five years. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Ding. you were, t so you started at 19 in yeah. New York? In Boston, actually. I was working You're at, a Boston head, too? I'm not from there, but I, I moved there. I was there for about four years. The greatest comics are all from The greatest. And Canada. Greatest. Yeah, of all yes, time. Yes, yes. It's, it's bizarre. Um, but someone was like, you're funny. You should try comedy. And I had never... I knew about comedy because I used to watch specials and everything with my father. But I grew up in Circus, New York. There wasn't a huge art culture there. There wasn't a huge performance culture there. So I didn't know it was something I could actually do myself. I just knew it was something other people did. So when so I moved to Boston, this kid said, you should try it, and I did. And Why did you move to Boston? For a boy. Oh, God. I was a baby. And you were out of school? Out of school. I, I, I went. Studied, you didn't go to college? I studied anthropology and photography for like two years. And then I was like, people suck, and uh, my I can't take pictures of, you know, steel gates anymore and birds and trees, so I'm going to leave. Where did you go? I went to Boston. Where did From you go Syracuse. to college? She went to Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Onondaga Community College. She so went to community college. Yeah, community college. It was $90 per credit hour. It was so cheap. That's that's a beautiful early O2 prices. Oh, God. So cheap. So then you went and then you moved there for a dude. Yeah, for a fella. And then, and then you, I found comedy in Boston, like within four months of moving. And started doing how? Started doing it? Just doing like shows at this place called the Cantab Lounge. They had a, a performance space underneath there called the Third Rail, and we performed there. I took a writing course for like six months with a bunch of other new comics. So you had no idea you were going to do it? I had I had no idea, and then it just happened, and I, it became a, a, a place for me to funnel all of my anxiety. You know, I'm, I, I'm not like someone who grew up with an extremely tragic past, but I definitely had 
anxieties and things that happened that made me want to talk to people. And I, I, it just happened, you know, I just found it and never turned back. And I had this thought recently where I said this out loud. I don't know if you have a lot of epiphanies about yourself on psilocybin. I do. And I had this thought, I go, why am I doing comedy? Cause I, I love it, but I, once in a while I'll question it. I think it's good to question what you're doing to see if you're aligned to check in with yourself and see if the path you're on is one that you can say is fulfilling and that you can step out in the world and know that you're stepping in a direction that you want to go in. Mm -hmm. I think so many people live with frivolity. They don't even consider the moves they're making. And if they're, if those moves are helping you get to where you want to go, you're just going. Mm -hmm. People are just like racehorses in that sense. You, you know, just like another peg in the machine. I call it hamster wheel, hamster wheel as well. Mm -hmm. All those analogies, beta fish in a, in a tank. Mm -hmm. Um, um, a, a, NPCs. Yes. Um, of a fruit fly flying around a banana, mm -hmm. you know, things yeah. like that. And, and we had a more. lot of analogies there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, white on rice. Uh, <laughs> so, so you I, had an epiphany. Had an epiphany that I had created a career off of a survival skill, which was making people laugh. <sighs> I made people laugh in my household because it was a little bit of a tumultuous household. Not bad, just my parents argued. Yes. And so I was the peacekeeper and I was the people pleaser. And I learned the skill of making people laugh to combat the energy and chaos in the home. Totally. And that survival skill became a career. I don't know that that's so healthy. I don't know that that's um, something that I chose. I think it's just something that I had to do. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? 100%. You you had to do it exactly. We're, it was survival for for growing up and yeah. disarming now, situations. Yes, and now that I don't want extra attention or feel like I need that attention, and also I'm living more, um, being more authentic in the sense I'm just going with how I feel and being honest about what situations. Um, how situations make me feel and how I want to react to them, but just being more authentic. It's I'm having a um, very interesting relationship with stand up because your stand up essentially reflects where you're at in your life. If mm -hmm. that's the type of stand up you do, if you're not doing like a a, sh a shtick, an you act. don't have like a thing, an act, an act. Yes, uh, I can't. Uh, who's got an act? Um, maybe like Maniscalco. It's the Italian act. It's mm -hmm. all about the Italian stuff. Mm -hmm. Not that he doesn't believe and feel those things, but it, it's it, it's all encased in this thing. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm evolving and feeling like I want to be more authentic, it's I'm finding my footing on stage and kind of have it's I'm kind of having like a fight, like a marital, uh, what do they call those? Like um, mar a dispute, di marital dispute with my with my relationship with stand up. Can you see yourself not doing it? Oh, absolutely! I can see myself with an Etsy page. <laughs> you said that so quick. <laughs> and doing what? Bedazzling? Custom dog stuff. Wow. People love spending money on their pets. 100%. And I think also people love spending money on their pets to compensate for how much they hate people. 100%. So there's a lot of money in that. People will. I had an amazing acting coach, Prophet, once. And remember the big Exxon Valdez? I don't know half of those words you just said. So I'm gonna you said something big earlier. <laughs> Do you know the Exxon Valdez was? No, what's that? Do you know what Exxon is? The gas? Yeah. Okay. What's Val Valdez? Sounds Val like a designer. Designer. Yo, you got those new Valdezies? The Valdez. I guess you were too young. You were probably like Thank eight. You. Thank you. And it was a huge oil tanker. And I want to say 1990 or 89, it was ripped open. And I, I don't know if it was Alaska. It was somewhere in our, I think it was Alaska. And basically just covered like 20 miles of, maybe not Alaska, maybe like somewhere in America, but 20 miles of just like wildlife. And it just wiped it out. And tons of, everything was, the environment was completely fucked. And animals died and fish died and all this stuff. And it was like a due to negligence. There was a duck that was covered in oil. 
And it was like this duck. And it was like, <laughs> and it was the cover of Time magazine. It was everywhere. It was like, this is an atrocity. It was like the early, like, whatever the movement is, climate change movement. That's like kind of where it started. And it was this duck that was like dripping oil. And it was like, <laughs> and my teacher was brilliant. He's like, people care more about that duck, but they'll step over a homeless person every day. The duck can't talk. The duck can't pay taxes. Not that all homeless people or any homeless people paying taxes. The duck can't communicate. The duck isn't. And and their argument is that, hey, it's a helpless duck, which it is. But there's a lot of people that are helpless. So people will choose animals all the time, and it's a way to actually disconnect. Absolutely. They cannot connect because if they did, they'd cry all day or they'd be mad, and they just you know, take a vape. No offense if you vape. And I they, don't vape. And they fucking look, you know, they just look the other way. And it's that you're right. The The animal thing is a big escape. It is. It's, it's definitely a deviation from responsibility. I used to do a joke about dogs. and People get so mad because I'd like dogs have more fucking rights in cafes than we do now. Can I vent about that? Of course you can. I have three. Three dogs. <laughs> People with animals are sad and pathetic. I have six Pikachus, a small feral cat, a mouse. Um, I hate people with animals. I have a an earthworm. <laughs> what the I have fuck? an earthworm named Larry. <laughs> oh my god! Lair Bear is one of my best friends. Lair Bear. Lair Bear the earthworm. <laughs> I have. Three. You're gonna quit comedy and become an animal lady. Go I ahead. already am an animal lady. Mm-hmm. I had two dogs. I've, I've had two dogs for the better part of ten years. And are they therapy? Well, there are the therapy thing's real in the sense that if you a right animal makes you feel good. Animals make people live seven years longer on average. Is because, that true? Yes, because you're more active and you Ooh. have companionship and you're responsible for something other than yourself. Is that a real fact? It's a real fact. I believe that. I right. mean, think about just having a partner. People last longer. Well, sometimes you get killed. Sometimes you get killed. I yeah. mean, if you're with, if you wrong your bitch and yeah, you live in a sub- suburb of someplace in Florida, mm-hmm. you're going to get dead. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to Vi- get dead. Or Victorville. Or Victorville. Yeah. You know what I'm or Curtis, Ohio. Exactly. You're going to get dead. You're going to get dead. Don't cross your bitch. Don't cross a biash. <laughs> but I do have animals and I love them. I have, I meant to have two, but I'm defending myself because three sounds like a fucking emotional problem. One was for my dad. Okay. Who had said he wanted a dog for a couple months. And so I found and curated this animal for his lifestyle and presented her to him on Father's Day. Made a big to-do about it in front of my family. Surprised him. Brought him the dog. And he goes, oh, I, I, I didn't really want one. And I couldn't return her. I had already bonded with her and trained her. So I was like, oh, well, I guess... This is the added, this is the recipe that was missing for me dying alone. Now I'm for sure dying alone because I have three dogs. But I say all that to say, I love dogs. I have three. Well aware that it is an alarming amount of animals. But I can't stand out here. It's, it happens nowhere else in the, in the world or in the fucking country. And if it does, email me and let me know if this is a problem. Because I need to know where else this is fucking happening. Okay. People who bring their pets into the Gosh darn grocery store. Why? Oh, God. Why? In an outfit. I don't think pets should ever lose the yard, leave the yard, but that's, I'm really aggressive with it. But we don't need them at restaurants. No. We don't need them at fucking farmer's markets. No. We for sure as hell don't need them in the cereal aisle at the depart, at the produce, at the, at the, the, the fucking grocery store. Is it having a vest though? Is it an emotional support animal? I don't give a shit. And we all have emotional problems in the grocery store. Yeah, we do. We all have problems. People, things run out and you get mad. Yes. There's not that one truffle like, you know, mac and cheese at Trader Joe's. It's- service animals excluded, obviously. No, but these are service animals. It's a different service. Oh, you mean talking about blind? I'm talking about yeah. disability. Old school service animals where it was like <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get out of your house without the dog. Yes. That's no offense, that's a real service animal. Right, if you're We're mentally disabled. But not- now it's like, I'm having a bad mental health day. I need to bring mine. Yeah, that's... Shizu everywhere. I, I just, I don't I don't understand, like excluding service animals, I don't understand if you're, if you're bringing a pet into the store that's just a pet. Mm-hmm. If it's just your dog, it's so rude and gross. I don't need to see a basset hound <laughs> when I'm trying oh to pick God. out my sardines. Ooh, here's the clip. <laughs> Here's the clip. 
I can see the outrage. I'm pissed. I'm getting so good at this because I'm telling you right now, that is going to piss people off. I know it is, and I'm an it. And I'm glad at I have three dogs. Yes, you have three dogs. Are they big? I have a big, I have, and they're all adopted. Okay, so you're a good person. I'm a good person. So you have three dogs. I've had seven or eight of my own animals. Jesus Christ, you really are a hoarder. You're an animal (laughs) hoarder. Don't come at me. You don't do the peanut butter thing, right? I mean, what? Okay, good. No. Good. That's, I don't do, I don't do what most people do. I, I treat my animals like animals first. Yes. By their breed second. And yeah. then as a pet third. Yes. They okay, are good. animals. Yes. They're not allowed on my bed unless I'm sick or really, really tired. Good. And they're not allowed on my couch or furniture. They're on the floor and they have crates at night. First of all, you know the Peter Bonner thing was a joke. I'm still questioning it. <laughs> you fucking like, wait a minute. This is incredible. So you're what we call an amazing dog owner. Am I? Yes. Because I have three. I think it's- you have three dogs. <laughs> They're not allowed in your bed. Mm-mm. They're not allowed on the furniture. Do they listen to you? They do relatively well unless they're, they spend a lot of time with someone else who allows them to do those things, which sometimes happens because I have other people who watch my animals while I'm gone and traveling, and I get them back, and I can tell that there's an issue. And then that person. And then that person gets dead. Yeah. TLC. Well, not TLC. They don't kill people on TLC. Dateline. Oxygen. Oxygen. Yeah. People die on that a lot. Snapped. Yeah. <laughs> Snapped. <laughs> That's a great show. It's great. It's yeah. scary. Wait, <laughs> I want to go back to the animals in the okay. aisles because I'm with you. It it sends a river of fury through my being. Because. Should I say furry? <laughs> <laughs> I love puns. <laughs> puns are funny. I love puns too. It's nerdy. I hate the fact that people hate on puns. Wait, so I I hate it. I mean, I'm actually might be more tolerant than you and I and I get annoyed. I hate it if there's like a barking dog or the one dog is barking at the other dog or if the dog is sniffing on me and I always think it's going to headbutt my dong. You know what I'm saying? It like hurts. Like other people when you're walking and their dog is in I don't hate space. it. I don't it's not the animal I have a problem with. It's the person that owns the animal. Well, cuz they're always the animal is just a manifestation of the owner. Yes. 100%. It's the vessel of how they are. So, if you have problems with your animal, check yourself. Exactly. You have a problem. So, if you see one in the frozen food aisle at Trader Joe's, you're just like I try not to crotchety old woman it but I do get very frustrated because I don't see the need and now I uh, saying that Carlin my pit boxer mix Mm -hmm. goes on errands with me but I keep him in the car he loves to go he he knows uh, you know dogs are smart they know all of your moves and your your subtleties and your you know uh, nonverbal communication they know if you're gonna go do something because you you don't even realize that you're repeating patterns that indicate if you're going to go to work, go to the gym, or go run errands, or what have you. So he knows when I'm going to go run errands, and so he's always by the door, like, let's go. Mm-hmm. I leave him in the back seat. I run into the bank. I come back, drop With the off. window down. With the window down. She's got a beautiful Range Rover. The dog's living With its dream. With the window down. Exactly. They love it. I got a little bed back there for them. Bam. They're living their life. Sometimes I'll bring all three, mm-hmm. but they stay in the car. Mm-hmm. They're in the car. And I've done cross-country trips with them, so they're used to it, and they love being in the car. So if anyone smashes a window, you're going to re- feel a, a, a rush of cold air because I've left the AC on for them. This is like the four seasons for dog, for dog parking lots. See, that's where they get a little spoiled. Wow. So you're doing... You're doing more than anyone. If there's if it's a hot day, I will put the windows up. But but the point is, Carlin comes with me on errands, but he's not coming with me in these places where other people are busy. There's how many people in this city? Ten million, nine million. Mm-hmm. We all got some place to be. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Why'd you bring your furry? That's my new bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> you just make that up. I did. Say that again for the people one more time. Everybody's in a hurry. Why'd you bring your furry? Brilliant. Leave your furry at home. I'm with you. I'm listen. I. This girl would. 
It's crazy. You're more annoyed than me, and you own dogs, so I feel like you're like, you can say this. Well, that's why I feel like I have to say it. We need to stop. We have to stop this girl. This is like the equivalent of a black person saying the N word. (laughs) Does that mean? I might have to edit that. You can. You can talk dog talk. I can talk dog talk. You're saying the D word. This girl was in a a coordinated outfit. D word. (laughs) Can I say that? Yes, I think. She was in a coordinated outfit. And anytime you see a girl in a skin tight coordinated outfit, what's going to come out of her mouth is nothing useful. (laughs) And it's going to. Please tell me that's a joke. I'll make it a joke. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I just said it now. Sometimes they don't even have to be in a coordinated outfit. But that is. That is pretty standard. That's an industry standard. Okay. And when she opens her mouth, it's going to sound like, it's going to sound like a door that has no desire or ambition opening. (laughs) I'm not talking because I'm going to let you get this out. This is another bit. This is a good clip. Go ahead. Yo, you're on fire right now. (laughs) I'm ovulating. Are you obviously? Yeah, and I'm always very Jesus. angry all this time. She's getting angry, but the eggs are dropping. Right. So if if people come at me, just know it is it's basically a anti-woman crime. Isn't ovulating making you like you're happy? Then it's I don't know. I don't think it's so. It's after the and flow the, the comes. Egg has dropped. We're close to the flow. I t- That's t- when the anger happens. Yeah. So this your pre-flow. Not to be too descriptive, but just I don't even so need sweet. to quantify it. This is how I feel. This is how she feels, and you're allowed to. But the women in the coordinated outfits always have the dogs. Okay. And this most recent dog encounter happened with a girl in a powder blue, skin tight, coordinated outfit. What supermarket? It was at a Ralph's in Venice. And her, her boyfriend had infuriating hair. Like how? You know the L.A. hair that guys have. It's a just a it. flowy fucking hairdo. Like it, like like uh, Beachwood Canyon. Fucking Biden brain. Beachwood, you know Oaks Gourmet? No. I don't want you to lose your thought. It's all by the birds, you know birds? You'll go there at 7 a.m. and get a coffee. And um. Oh, wow. A dude... We'll have like a fedora on. Fuck him. And I'll be like, hey man, what's up? And I'm like, I like your hat. You know, some guy like a random chain's like, oh, this whole thing? <laughs> only old thing. only I'm like, gentlemen's dude, can wear fedoras. It's 7 a.m. You didn't just, <laughs> this old thing. You're like trying to like stunt at fucking Oaks at 7 a.m. You're pretentious, broke, jet rag, fucking liar. Okay. You own no property. You have no bonds, no stocks. Okay. Like, <laughs> So, like, I bust him right there. My buddy who's a stunt guy who's also dressed like a bum who works all the time. He's like, fucking Fedora Fred. So that's what we call him. But, like, so you're saying it was people that are legit or they're posing. I'm Posers. Posers. Full image. Full and what we image. mean is posers is people that care about their bullshit, but inside they're broken. They're, they're so shattered. Yes. Inside. Yes, I love it. There's, there's very few people. I do who- love those type of dudes hair, though. Oh, God. You but, know it smells like patchouli and yeah, yoga mat. I hate patchouli. I can rant about it. You should never. No one should ever wear patchouli again. It doesn't smell good. It doesn't do anything. I don't know why people yeah, do it. And unless you did like a a real soul journey through Peru yeah. for f- six months because you had a really bad heroin addiction, you shouldn't smell like patchouli. Yeah. You, you got to be authentic. Yeah. If your name's Felicity, don't you dare grab that vial of patchouli. And dash it on your fucking wrist. How dare you? <laughs> so wait. You're absolutely on fire right now. Powder blue. No pillbox hat. Just no no pillbox hat. You might get you might get Aunt Flo in the middle of this rant. Go for it. <laughs> Can She's you imagine if I right get there, up? Right on the edge. Yeah, you get I'm up. I'm on the cusp. And it's just I'm on the edge. So, of glory. So she's she's got a skin tight blue and she's skin got a dude. Powder blue corn. I'm fucking pure white singer. And he's in a fucking linen outfit and he's got those stupid wooden beads around his neck. Why do you have wooden beads? Are you Buddhist? I'm a Buddhist. Are you Brad? I want you both to fall in a in a opening in the street. Okay. Let it out. So what happens? 
What happened? These fake so, Buddhists these at Ralph's. Fake Buddhists. They weren't even at Arrow One. Fake Buddhists. You know why I knew they were fake Buddhists? They're in front of the dairy section. What are you doing eating dairy? Yeah. I thought creatures were all one. Yeah. Bro. It's got to be fucking nutmeg. What about milk? Pigs are real people too. Yeah, exactly. She had two dogs on a leash. And they were like twins. I think they were clones. And I just, I, 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 that was the last, I was like, I can't do this. I'm like, why are there dogs in the dairy aisle? When was this? <laughs> this was like a week ago. This is seven days deep. I haven't talked about it yet. You, you, you still. I've been, I've been just fermenting on it. You have been fermenting. You're, fer, you're fermenting right now. <laughs> You're going to twist some necks. I was so angry. It was. It wasn't just. And I, this is nothing against the dogs. I love it. I love the dogs. No, the dogs are the victims. The dogs. Are, this is not a victimless crime. The dogs are the victims. The dogs are the victims, and it was the accumulation of the guy's flowy hair, his beaded necklace, her coordinated outfit, and and, and her lack of any sort of inner inner like di- dignity or 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 purpose. That really just threw me because I know on the inside of her it's a shattered, shattered mosaic of 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 treachery and tragedy and undealt with. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt. That's what I'm not trying to laugh. Okay, stop. Wait a minute. But I love. But I'm a feminist and I love dogs. But she's a feminist, guys. I love dogs. I am an animal. You're describing right? not woman or man. You're just, you're not describing humans. These are not humans. They're not humans. Can I say something on that? Yes. Ooh, God, you just triggered me. Uh, you tell me. I'm so good. Is that, here's what you just said. I know the exact type. I see them all the time. Here's what I say. You know what they are? Hmm. They're humorless. Ugh. If you have no sense of humor, get out of Ralph's. Get out of Ralph's. Get in your car. Yes. Aim your car towards a ledge. Yes. And just keep going. Take Mahalan. Take <laughs> Laurel all the way up Mahalan. Full speed. Yes. Actually, no, we don't want you to hurt other people. And tr- try, yeah. But when you get to that light at the top, mm-hmm. make a right, and then you're going to see lookout point. Make a left. <laughs> make sure there's nobody on the bench, and just keep going. Thelma and Louise that shit with you and you're actually no, not the dog. Let the dog out. Let the dogs out. Let, who let the dogs out? I see. Ooh. 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 Oh, she's on fire. <laughs> Wait, I was going to add this too. This is before your time. Or chips it. Chips it. Chips or Thelma and Louise that shit and just say, you know, start it over. Because. You got nothing to contribute. Yes. God, you're saying, I don't know if I'm going to put that out. That's actually funny. Is it too harsh? I think it's funny, but what we're saying is, what you're saying is, it's, it's, and it's douchebags used to be like, hey, bro, fucking here's my eyes on, my eye rock, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I'm cooking chain. It, douchebaggery is like people that have no personality or whatever. It's just like my items make me cool or think make me cool, you know. And But there's also douchebagettes. I see a lot of women. Now I are, want a sandwich. Oh, you do. Okay. There's, <laughs> but there's a lot of female douchebags. Mm-hmm. And um, they're they're the shallow, like, and I don't really equate with them. So, I it's only because I'm on social media I see them. Yes. And it's just like, yo, there's no humor here. There's no inner workings of provocative thought. No. There's no self reflection. There's no self awareness. So that's what you ran into. Yes. And I always tell women this, and this is another joke I'm working on. I don't have it yet. Where it's like, uh. I'm glad you're pretty and it's working for you, but guess what? Everyone can be pretty now. Everyone. We're just building this shit out. Lips are at it. Hips are at it. Dips are at it. And so you got to have a personality. Now we got to go back to square one. Yeah. You got to be a good person. And there's probably some people listening like, how do I build a personality? First step, read a book. (laughs) <laughs> just read I, you know what she's a bigger reader than i am i'm a watcher but you know what else i would say um look people in the eye look people in the eye and don't be scared to have a conversation and observe even for the if you're an introvert observe people 
What's really going on? Ex- read the room. Read the room. Read the room. Quietly. Yeah. Um, read a book. Read the room. Yeah. Also, have an original thought. Mm-hmm. And the way to have that is to get the F off of social media, but please not, don't do that without liking and subscribing and sharing this video. <laughs> <laughs> That's a conundrum for us, or at least me. No, of all of us. I Listen, I love social media because I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I, the only thing I really hate about social media is two things. By the way, this conversation is going incredible. I didn't expect it to go this way. I'm still waking up. Great. I feel great. Because you, well, you are. See what I did? I checked in. You do, you're doing great. I feel comfortable here. I feel cozy. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about anything. <laughs> That's what we do, people. Um, is that social media, I hate that we can be banned, which is not fair. Yes. I've seen that happen to you a couple times. Yes. And it's BS. But now I'm playing the game. And so I basically have to suck YouTube and like make it like, it's basically Nickelodeon. Nick Jr. now. You have to like, keep it squeaky clean. Facebook can get a little bit more edgy. Instagram, I'm fighting to get my monetization back, but you can be pretty edgy there. TikTok is actually letting up. Really? A little bit. And then, really, it's Patreon where you can only be honest or OnlyFans or whatever you want to, some paywall. Where yeah, you, you have can, to hide behind a paywall. Yes. But, you know, and that's the game, and I understand it. So, the social media, though, is when it's not suppressed. And I mean that in the littlest ways of like certain keywords taking you out of the algorithm or people not sharing something for certain reason. It will affect us. But what's crazy is, and I talked about this last night, I feel like we're all urologists now. How so? Interesting. Well, I mean, am I old or like, I was talking about this like, how, like, I love to have a good time. I mean, you're talking to a guy that went to Playboy Mansion like 10 times. You know, I went to Maxim parties. Life was good. But I feel like sex, we are sexes everywhere on Instagram. It's a lot. And I'm, like, low-key turned off. It's like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I was raised with, like, Elizabeth Taylor. You know what I mean? Like, Elizabeth Taylor. Like, she was a freak. You have to do your, you know, you can read about her. But she was a lady. Yeah, she was. And that's how I was related. Like, my generation is like, I hate to say like, oh, like, I like a little mystery. And tell me if I'm crazy. I feel like a new generation of younger women are talking how they think guys talk. But guys don't really talk like that. Like dudes that you would chill with aren't like that. We're not like, yeah, it's well, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but girls are like, and I'm like, yo, like, that's like, it's almost too much. Yes. But I don't feel like there are, if you ever meet like a big mouth woman, like a, like an annoyingly big mouth woman, this is going to sound bad. But no, back I, I, do you know I, what I'm, I'm saying? Overcompensating. And they're usually not the best in the, uh, in the bed department. Interesting. But a quiet, demure woman could be an insane. That's interesting. It- it's not always the case. I'm just saying in terms of percentages. And But I do feel this younger generation actually walks their walk. And they're talking about it, which is a little crazy. Yeah, I could, some of them I could tell. Is it like. Is- and I'm like just weirded out. And I'm like, am I old? I'm just like, I like a little mystery. No, I don't think you're old. I think a little mystery is something that's... Uh, Dr. Drew said that to me. One of the greatest lines that stuck in my head forever. You want to know what he said? Yeah. More mystery, less history. Whoa. What does that mean? Well, in relationship... Less history, how so? In relationship, it means like, they don't need to know all your past. Keep the mystery there. So, no stuff. know a lot of stuff, but there's certain things that just trigger your partner possibly so it's just like hey you don't need to know everybody i slept with or yes you know what i'm saying i agree with that yeah we don't need to talk about all that yes exactly and just like you know start less history and it was a really good but i also think we can use that in life like social media everyone's talking about their hookups and i mean i'm not even follow it like you click one story or one like you know pretty girl and it's like a parade of butts a parade of butts a parade of butts 
And so you start hearing these stories on pods and you're like, yo, that's a little too much history. Yeah. And it feels like there's a lot of oversharing happening now. Oversharing. Perfect. It's a result because of our, the way we're connecting now, we're, we're sharing things. Mm-hmm. We're posting things and that's mm-hmm. the new way of sharing. And it feels somewhat safe. It's kind of like the equivalent of how we shop more now because Amazon made it easy. Yes. We're sharing more now because social media made it easy. So it doesn't feel like there's anything at stake. It doesn't feel like there's a real threat behind that. Girls aren't considering the threat of oversharing their bodies and their images and all of that. They don't really consider the ramification of that down the road. Which, yeah, like you see these things like people are going like, what's your body count? Have you heard that term? What does that mean? Like, wow, I'm killed? I'm older, body but younger. Count? I know because I really try to to stay away from. How old am I in, everything. Your, in your eyes? In my essence, forty. No, you, you feel forty-ish to me. Really? Yeah. I Why? Felt, How I old felt, are you? I felt I felt like fifteen. Fifteen? Oh, so forty is bad. No, I feel like my <laughs> essence is like I stopped at fifteen. I got oh, your the, essence is youthful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're saying forty on the on the shell. I mean, like you you appear like. 40. Yeah, but not like you're acting like you're 40. You have a youthful energy to you, for thank, sure. Thank you. But um, I say 40 because it's a mature. It's a mature, okay. The way I know you. I could stick. I could. By the way, I could stop at 40. Like, if I could stop aging right there. I agree. It's a good age for me. But how could you say that without having the spectrum of some sort of comparison? Like, 50, 60, 70, 80. Because at 80, you might be like, I, I'll stay at 80. Yes. You know what I mean? 40 does feel good, I guess. Probably the wisdom of 80 is good, but I like the 40 body. Yeah. Although I'm pretty energetic now. How old are you? Well, there's like the number 50. (laughs) And then you can go past that. I'm going to start saying that forever now. Yeah. Well, there's the number 40. Yes. And then then that's all we're going to say. Exactly. So why don't you just keep moving? But, you know, you're... Well, I'm I'm not an elder statesman yet on the circuit, but I'm getting there. But you know, my generation is Harland, and you know Harlan Williams, and and the different of that. I'm in. I that, love Harlan. Of course, he's, he's so funny. He's legend. the most fun to watch. He's beautiful. He really is. So I'm I'm in that age range. I'm gonna Don't adjust. Be you. No, but you adjusted as well. Hold on, oh, we have to go Jesus. back to our talk. I almost just knocked over Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Sorry, J Lo. Shout out J Lo. Uh, the original J Lo. The original J Lo. Let's be real. For real. Um, I'm sitting up straight. What are you waiting for? So that's good. That's a Thank deep you. cut. Thank you. So wait, we're talking about the oversexuality. Mm-hmm. It's real. But do I think every generation sort of has experienced that? And so also- let me go back to body count. Okay. So body, body count, count is how many people you slept with. Oh, oh, I know. I don't. I mean, that's not even a conversation. You're not asking, obviously. I'm not asking. But it's that's what it means. Unnecessary conversation. Unnecessary. Yeah. I, I also do, don't do the thing where I need to be friends with everybody that is in my past. I think that's kind of narcissistic. Maybe it's judgy, but. Oh, because a lot of people don't like to be friends. I think it is good to be friendly. I think sometimes, but we don't need to be friends. Like, we don't need to, like, keep that many tabs. Yes. Um, you got to keep tethers to all the people you were intimate with. I don't, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. For myself or anyone else. It's not like I don't want the person I'm with to have that. I, I, I don't do that myself. Yes. And that, that brings me to something I wanted to ask you. Sure. I don't want to go off of the topic, but I'll go back to the other part of it. So the last time I saw you, I was at your show. At, at, at um, Jam in the Van. I'm just going in my fanny pack. Why? I, I'm going to put some stuff on my lips while you talk. Is that bothering you? No. Okay, I'm going to be real basic. Just rip last some this lips. girl was in a coordinated outfit. And anyway. So yeah. I was shopping for cream chest. So we're at Jam in the Van. Mm-hmm. It was a great show. Had a couple Karens there. Yes. Got some good clips. And you told me. And like I could have talked to you for about two hours that night. Yeah, we me. were in the parking lot. The yeah, it was me and temple. you and Annie were having a good chop up session, and then you and I were in the parking lot mm-hmm. chopping it up. You know, she's you're very deep, you're very ethereal, very comforting. Thank you. And you said that uh, we got in a conversation somehow, and you were talking about this is in the green room. How you is mm-hmm. this still happening? You will not have you you do you're celibate. Is this correct? 
Somewhat. Ah, shit! <laughs> the egg done got cracked. <laughs> like two green rooms ago, you're like- I was very celibate. I'm celibate. I'm going to do the I whole had- year. And I will- <laughs> n- This is what she said to me. I will never have casual sex again. That's true. And I was like, wow. That part is 100% I'm like, will you true. come on my pod? She's like, mm-hmm. I have a whole theory about it. But, you know- Two months later- I had been celibate before that for a while. <laughs> Go ahead. I had been celibate before How that for long? a while. Um, I'd have to do some math. In a my girl's got to eat. Good, a good amount of time. And I don't, you know, I had done it before. I find real value. You did took a year off, right? Almost two. You, clo- you shut it down. Mm-hmm. So what is that? What happened? Talk to me. I can't really divulge too much about wow. it right now. Only because my... Um, viewpoint on did it change? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 